Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome to another podcast of Fans of Power. Here, dedicated from He-Man to She-Ra and everything in between. And I'm Brian Ozone. And I'm along with my guys, Tyler and Joe. What's up, guys? How they do they, folks? Good to be uh, here. Good to be here. It you know, be, it's not only very good extremely be, good to be here. That's right. And just yesterday was the 29-year anniversary of the yes. release of Masters of the Universe movie back in 1987. So that was it was August yes. 7th. Yes, and I spoke to you yesterday before you watched it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and I did. I watched it. You know, the thing is, um, it's like I, I told everybody. I was like, you know, it's one of the biggest love-hate, you know, proper things it seems like within the masters community is that movie and like like i told everybody i was like you know what uh if you completely hated that movie as a kid you haven't watched it since a kid you know just give it a shot you know hopefully you'll learn to you know maybe enjoy it maybe you'll see something that you never really paid attention to as a kid or you might be somebody just still absolutely hates it but i mean i'm somebody that let me let me just step Go ahead, go because because uh, I, I have I have a really good point to make and I don't want to forget it though. But go ahead. Go ahead. All yeah, right. You can go ahead. I feel I feel now going into the movie not seeing it back in 1987. I think you may appreciate it more because you, you you're not going to get Orko. You're not going to get Battlecat. You know you're not getting these 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 characters. Um, back then, we were expecting them. We, we we wanted them. We needed them. You know what I mean? Like we we were going in their filmation style. We were like, we're getting you know filmation. Um. So now going in fresh, you might, you know, maybe think differently and and, and accept it differently. But then again, I could be wrong. I mean, you, you, hell, you might hate Billy Barty. You know, you might think that Gwildor is the biggest ass ever lived in. The canon of, uh, of of He-Man. Who knows? You know, I mean, it, and it's true because the thing is, I mean, like when I was a kid, and it wasn't because of Battle Cat or Orko, but when I was a kid, I wasn't too fond of it. I just thought it was, eh, it was different, and I just wasn't into it. And it was, probably was because I was so absorbed with all the filmation stuff, even though there's been tons of different interpretations even up to then from the mini comics and other things, but I just wasn't into it. But as an adult, the more I've watched it, the more I just love it and love it even more and more. And especially after finding out all the budget limitations that you find out behind the scenes of, you know, what they were dealing with, you really respect what they did. And that movie, I mean, it really is a blast. I mean, like I said, people might still watch it and not like it, and I respect that. But if you are honestly somebody out there who hasn't watched it since, you know, you were a kid and you just, you know, because you said you hate it and you'll never watch it again. Just give it another shot. Like, I was noticing stuff in, in T-Rex. You'll be able to back me up on a lot of this because I know you're going to want to jump in here in a second because you love that freaking movie. But um, I didn't yeah, realize all the it. kind of – yeah, there was like moments that really felt like the cartoon, meaning, okay, you know how you can well, watch well, it? Well, they tried. I think they well, did yeah, try. Well, and they did. Like I said, it's stuff that was subtle and I never paid attention to, but I watched it fresh again. Yes, you know, yesterday, because like I said, I try to at least give it once a year just when I can. And, you know, like in uh, any kind of cartoon or story, like, you know, when there's one bad guy getting ready to get somebody on one side and the others getting ready to jump. And then suddenly in the cartoon, the guy moves out of the way and they hit each other. You know, they even did that in the movie where I think it was Blade and Saurad. Like Saurad was getting ready to like jump at He-Man and Blade was getting ready to attack and He-Man moves and Saurad jumps right into Blade. And right. Yes. Then, yeah, they then there's the scene where everybody's like 
all piling up on He-Man, and you know, like you know, you see them all get swarmed, and suddenly, boom, he you know, Ooh. like shakes them off, just like the cartoon. It's like, I don't know. I was I was really getting into it a lot more yesterday. I don't know why. That's I think that's the most I've enjoyed that movie ever. I don't know why. It seems like it grows on me more and more. So, I mean, I'll pass it to you, Tyler. Go ahead. But I was really into that yesterday. There's not a time that I'm not into this movie. I know this, I, and it's. I watched it. I listened to this movie. <laughs> it's never you know, a time, right? <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's. it's uh, I'm sorry. There's all. Yeah, I mean, really, it's. I listen to the movie so much, even when I'm I'm lifting weights. I, I, I've got like uh, three, two two iPods with audio from the live action movie on there to listen to while I'm lifting weights. So there's not there's not not as hardly a day goes by i don't listen to that movie in some form or capacity or or even watch it for that matter i know it inside and out and oh, you uh listen, you actually just listen to it too i'll listen to like the the, the battle sequences like when when he is taking on the evil warriors in, in the junkyard like when he's kicking their asses and stuff like okay, that yeah, i'll, yeah, yeah. I'll let, you know or when right. skeletor was given his uh speech about becoming a god i mean it just it gets my adrenaline pumping because it's such a a a a, uh, a high oh, adrenaline yeah, inducing speech, oh, yeah. you know, with with Bill Conti's score blasting and he's just mocking him. And I mean, it's it's just energizing. It makes me, you know, it gets me pumped and excited. And it may sound silly, but it it, it gets the weight over my head or, or chest or whatever it is I'm doing listening to that that movie. So, um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie. And I was so glad when Joe posted yesterday that. The majority, I'd say, ninety-five percent of people are coming out in droves and praising the movie and not doing the whole. Oh my gosh, there's no Orko and there's no Battle you, you know, just you know, t- Tyler, you're right. That's what I wanted to bring up. I mean, the amount of shares and likes that that got was just—it was bonkers, and I loved it because the thing is, I've noticed throughout the year—I mean, excuse me, throughout the years—each time it seems like I make a post about that movie, it's getting more praise than hate. And don't you remember when this movie? That, it that, that's like a good thing because it deserves it. it. Yeah, remember any time I'd make a post or anybody made a post about that movie, you could say like you know eighty percent hate. It. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was just all negative. negative and it wasn't uh, like logical reasons for disliking the movie. Saying Orko and, Gw- and Battle Cat, which is the right. same cliche answer. I'm so sick and tired right. of hearing that stupid reason for not liking exactly. the movie. It, it's, it's changed. It's, yeah, it's changing. But it I also just, it, yeah, it, you are 100 percent correct. It's not. It's not a legitimate reason to dislike the movie because uh, then, then all, otherwise you're saying Skeletor, He-Man, Man at Arms, Evil In, Tila, Beast Man, the Sorceress, Castle Grayskull. Obviously, it's not important enough to have the core cast in there. We're talking about He-Man, Steed, and the sidekick that was created by Filmation. It's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I feel like the consensus by the by the large groups of in the He-Man community were all about kind of knocking the movie, while a few were, were still liking it or nitpicked it but thought it was all right. And uh, that post yesterday really showed that the um, people were coming out and just saying, no, they liked it or they loved I it love- or they hated it as a kid and loved it now or they – it, it was it was good to yeah, see some positive feedback, and I'm I'm glad that all oh, three yeah. of us, you know, on on this podcast love the movie. I'm, you know, it's people may disagree with my opinions about the DC comic and and about King Grayskull or something like that. I was like, I've been listening to negative remarks about that movie since <laughs> I've been on the internet. I mean, we're talking years of hearing the same. Hey, remarks well, just 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 a quick plug since you said DC, go see Suicide Squad. You won't be disappointed. It was amazing. <laughs> and Harley and Harley Quinn. Steals the show, man. She has the best one-liners you'll ever see in any movie okay. ever. All right, so we'll keep that in mind. You have to go see that movie. 
right. Bro- no Brian's uh, opinions do not do not uh, uh, reflect the uh, opinions of, of Tyler Baker and Joe Amato on this podcast here. I haven't seen. <laughs> I, haven't seen it. I, <laughs> I do want to see it though, because I mean, she she does look just from the preview. She looks. Oh, like dude, you're gonna, you, you, you're gonna enjoy it. It's it's it's. I, I'm gonna be honest though. Just just off topic, real quick. They did cut out a lot of stuff that they show in the in the commercials for some reason. I just read that. Good. Um, Very good. And, and actually, when I watched it, they cut out a lot of it for some reason. And um, and the actors are actually a little pissed off for the fact is is that it got such a negative review. But it's a great movie. It's an dude. It is so great. I mean, I, 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 I I'm going again tomorrow. I went ye- uh, yesterday, and I'm going again tomorrow. Well, good. I'm glad there's a movie that you got into like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'll definitely see it. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, you get a chance to go. It, I mean, it, it, it's worth it. It's definitely it's it's about a two and a twenty minute mo- hour movie. Completely okay. worth it. Um, you don't need to know nothing about Suicide Squad. You can go in there completely blank. Batman's in it enough. Uh, oh, I mean, no, spoilers. Joke- no spoilers. Oh, no spoilers. No, 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 that's no, in the trailer, no. Joe. No, wait, I didn't. Okay, well, here's the thing. I've only seen, like, hardly. Okay, here's the thing. Everybody knows I'm the person that avoids trailers. Like, when there's a movie I know I want to see, I will avoid it at all costs. Well, I honestly the commercials. Well, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll avoid all trailers and everything. Now, Suicide Squad, I didn't know much about it. So, I caught a couple things where I seen her, and she just looks bananas hot to me. But, um. Yeah. I didn't no, see no, 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 any trailer. Well, 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 Bat- well, Batman's in the commercials. And I didn't know that. He, he, I mean, so yeah, that's he's a, in the, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's common knowledge, so it's it's well, not nothing that nobody, you know, that well, I mean, it, it kind of like you know. I always go into a movie that would have surprised me. Now, when now I'm gonna cry. Now we got to get off the topic of Suicide Squad. I can't hear no more. Yeah. So, well, okay, so the hey, the '87 movie. What were we saying? <laughs> well, that is a masterpiece. It, it deserves. You know, a, a blue Blu-ray two-disc special edition with cast commentary, uh, crew commentary. We need a two-hour, two and a half-hour documentary about the making of the film, the release of the film. Uh, we we need uh, in, uh, the discussion with yeah, William Stout. Yeah, I mean, and uh, uh, maybe even a commentary by me. <laughs> yeah, the biggest. I'll fan. do it for free. I'll do that stuff for free. You know, yeah. I got a question about that movie. There's the one scene, and I watched it real close this time. You remember when, you know, the uh, Sorod? He's like, do I remember? Joe, Jesus, God, of course. Okay. Well, the scene where, of course, where Blade, Sorod, Karg, Beast, the Beast Man, they all come back. You know, they failed on their mission, and Skeletor kills Sorod, and everybody was like, hey, well, why did he kill him? Well, here's the thing is, when you could tell Skeletor was ready to punish them or whatever, my question is, did Sorod do you think he was going to draw first with on the gun to shoot Skeletor to protect himself, or was he pulling out his gun because he knew Skeletor was hitting him first? What did it look like to you? Because I almost think that Sorod was maybe going to try to pull that blaster out and take care of Skeletor since Skeletor said he was going to punish them. What do you think? Well, that's, a, that's something I didn't even think about. I'd say judging... You know, based on the fact that unless Sorod knew that, you know, I mean, of course, he's looking at all four. I mean, any four, any any one of them could have bit the dust. So I, I'd assume it's probably like a, a, a instinct reaction is to strike back before he does. So so you I, think that Sorod was basically he was going to draw first, Skeletor caught him and took him out. And that's why he was 
he got killed. Well, I think he clearly sees that he's getting ready to kill one of them, and why not, you know. But obviously, you know, Blade knew to get out of the way, and so did the rest of the crew. So it's probably one of the, I mean, I like to think of Sora's probably being, like, really fast with his with his pistol, and clearly saw, hey, here it comes, and but the quick draw just wasn't fast enough for Skeletor's uh, <laughs> you know, uh, disintegrating uh, spell. Okay. I just always wonder, because I seen it was like, it was something he was doing quick, and of course, he's the only one that had a weapon, I think, to where he could have done it quick enough. I mean, I know that, I think Beastman had a, a blast. Had a gun. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um... Yeah, he had a gun, too, yeah. But he, uh, but you know, Beastman is, he's always trying to be humble. You know, which... Well, I'll tell you what. That, well, that's just us talking about the movie. So, you know, give it a chance. I had its 29-year anniversary. But I want to talk about Beastman from that movie, and then we can lead into our character discussion where it's going to be Beastman. That's who we're going to talk about. But I want to talk about him from that movie. Um, again, when I was a kid, I remember when I first seen him, I was like, wow, this guy looks really different and weird. And it, you know, didn't feel like the Beastman we know. You know, of course, we're used to the certain kind of colors or, or whatever. But... Man, did I love that portrayal of the Beast Man, as they called him. I mean, he was he was savage. He was scary. I mean, you can imagine this guy coming after you if you you know you were on in, in, Earth. Yeah, or- in the um, in the um, in the gymnasium scene, that's where he was the most craziest in my He's eyes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he was he was frightening. His, yeah, and like, savage, he was really and- frightening. And I like yeah. that he didn't. Here's the thing that I mean, we'll go to all the other versions later, but. I kind of prefer that beast man with not talking. I don't know why. I mean, it seems because, well, you know how I am with horror characters. I like, you know, Jason and Michael Myers, something intimidating and frightening about somebody who doesn't talk, but, you know, can look intimidating. Well, you know, I mean, he's a beast. And and the I think just not hearing him talk made him seem more imposing to me, not like a goofy or adult or a bumbler. There was something about that portrayal of him that I really liked. And, I mean, I'll pass it to you guys, and we can go into the other ones, but I didn't know what you thought of The Beast Man. I, I thought he was pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I dug him, man. I, I mean, I'm a fan of the movie, you know what I mean? Um, I love everything about it. I thought The Beast Man was awesome. I thought the portrayal of him was good. I liked the fact that even um, even that scene you were saying before when, you know, they killed Clark, like he, like, like he, like, kind of, like, was was scared you know like he thought maybe he was going to get disintegrated or, or whatever or be you know hurt or hit or whatever i mean um and then didn't he go beg up at skeletor like at his knees like you know to beg for forgiveness without even talking right 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 yeah no i mean i i i honestly think it was really good um i thought it was a good portrayal of him all right. And Tyler, uh, obviously, I mean, we know you love the movie, but what was your thoughts of The Beast Man? Absolutely frightening as a kid, especially, you know, the the, the way he's, you know, it, it, you know, when you first see him and Evelyn says The Beast Man and then that one piece of music that Bill Conti did for all four of the evil warriors, like their own piece of introductory music. Yeah, that, that music was plays And he growls and his teeth are showing you're like, dear God, man, this is. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just the, to me, you know. I'm I'm the youngest of the of, of the three that are on this podcast here. And I thought it was spot on. I mean, obviously he's wearing some armor. He's got a ponytail that you sometimes you can see, which I thought was a cool addition. Mm-hmm. You know, he carries a sword, he carries a pistol. He's a brute, but he can also you know fire a pistol. 
uh, obviously fights with his you know brute strength and, and hands and things like that. And he, he this, there's a particular look when they all see Julie uh, run off and they all turn and look in unison, and then he points his pistol slowly and starts firing. He's got this very scary grin on his face. I mean, that scared scared me a lot as a kid. <laughs> And also when he's ripping through the decorations, just growling, and she's like, you know, crying and sweating, and and she just all you can see is this dark, shadowy, furry figure just tearing apart the the the, the decorations, and I thought that was frightening. And uh, and watching He Man and, and uh, Beast Man duke it out in the junkyard was just one of those like, you know, you just clench your fist, you're like, oh dear God, I'm gonna kill over from excitement. It was just so yeah, cool to watch that. Was them, good. That yeah, was that cool. he he gave He Man. You know, you know. Obviously, he he man wins, but to see him struggle so much to get Beastman off of his back, and didn't he do the typical like bear hug on him or something? So that was kind of it's cartoon. like he's gripping a hold of his like his back and his arm, and it just looks yeah. like he man's in a lot of pain too. Like he probably could be digging his nails into him also. But uh, yeah, to see he man just be. like hit him three times and knock him right off he his feet, and he goes flying that. back. It was just, uh, and then you see Beastman commanding the, uh, some of the uh, troops in the music yeah, towards fight. the end. Yep. You know, he's uh I mean, he's definitely I'm mean, like Evelyn says, you know, full force attack in my command. Like he's he's competent, you know, he may be a beast that doesn't talk, but he can lead a cavalry, you know, on an right. attack and it, there was just so much about that character that you know, he clearly, you know, is uh, you know, uh, I mean to to grovel at Skeletor's feet seemed like something that Beastman probably would do. But mm-hmm. he's also treated with so much respect and dignity, like he stands by Evil Inn during a lot of the movie. You know, and and uh, he's just arguably probably the best interpretation. People can, I mean, which is up up for debate, but it, it's a flawless portrayal of the character. I don't care what people say. Looks too much like Grizzly. He looks silly and stupid. Like uh, that's just when I want to line them all up and just smack them all in the face, like Mo Howard would do with the Three Stooges or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Perfect, perfect, perfect portrayal. Yeah, it, it was. Absolutely. I just want to say, shut up, and then just smack him in the face. <laughs> no, it was. It was It was a great. I mean, he didn't need his whip either, even though, you know, a lot of people wanted that whip for him to use. Well, it, but... Blade is using a laser whip, so like, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm cool with Blade having the, the whip gimmick and letting Beastman just be a, a big, scary, you know, beast man. Yeah, he, and like I said, right, and it was. Right, it was right. bright. So now I'm going to go to Ozone and... Let's talk about the first time you've seen Beastman from the vintage, you know, vintage toy in the mini comics. What did you first think when you seen him? Well, that was, I think, I believe was my first He-Man uh, Halloween costume. Oh, and, no kidding. Yeah, and the night before, literally scared the living shh out of me. Okay. I mean, for some reason, in the middle of the night, I woke up. And I'm looking out my, I'm looking at through my door, and right. I see Beastman coming towards me, and I just freaked out, man. I, what I, did your dad I, put I, a mask on or something or what? No, no, I was just seeing it, you know. I, I just freaked oh, out, like okay, like I was seeing things, like I, you know, before oh. I was doing acid, it was, you know, like it's crazy. Hold on. Okay. And it's it's it scared the bejesus out of me. And uh, but I mean, other than that, um, I loved I loved uh, one of my favorite toys of all time is the vintage 
uh, Beastman figure. One of it's my a fantastic figure. I've uh, he 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 was played with probably with probably uh, more than any other uh, any other and any other figures that I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, he was just a great figure. I loved the whip. Um, it's actually funny. I still have this my my childhood whip, but it's like cut in half. I I don't know what the heck happened to it, but it's it's it, I don't know. But uh, I still have it somewhere, and um, it's still one of my favorite uh, figures of all time. Man, I think it was a great figure. I think it was put together very well, and uh, I think Filmation, like I said, the first season of Filmation did him and the rest of the villains very well. The second half was goofy and retarded, but we'll keep it like that. We spoke about that before, and uh, that's that. That's my uh, prerogative on him. Okay, Tyler, go ahead. Your Beast Man thoughts. Uh, I saw him for the first time in the uh, in Diamond Red Disappearance on the Greatest Adventures of All VHS tape, and along with uh, <clears throat> seeing him on on the card back, uh, like the the uh, um, the cross sell artwork, which to me uh, it's it stands out as one of my favorite pieces of cross sell artwork because he was so hulk, hulking, you know, like kind of hunched over, but he looked big and wide. Right. And uh, I, as many times as he, as he was in the cartoon, I got burnt out on seeing them in so many episodes. But I wanted that figure so bad I couldn't stand it. And I didn't own Beastman until, you know, my my later years in elementary school when I got him. I, I can't even remember how I got him, but I I just I wanted that figure so bad. And I've already told the story of how I I came close to getting him and got Jackalman instead. Mm-hmm. But um, I mm-hmm. um. Yes, yeah, and believe me, I realized that the minute we got down the road and Toys R Us was was in the distance, I thought, uh, yeah, I just I've made the the biggest mistake of my four year old life. Kick you off the podcast right now, my God. You go right ahead. Is someone who didn't like the '87 movie as a kid? Hey, hey, <laughs> you still, 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 still good standing in my books, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I, uh, I thought his. I guess we'll just kind of go all over the place. And I, I automatically think what comes to mind is how well he was portrayed in Diamond Ray of Disappearance with the, the constant growling noises he would make when he's listening to Skeletor and, you know, going, ah, ah, you know, kind of just that growling noise that, that he would do in a few other episodes, but eventually would, would become lost. Mm-hmm. And he just really came off as what the card back says, sa- savage henchman. Right. And, and that's, I just, I thought he was, portrayed i mean so good and he had a lot of shining moments and i'll, I'll touch on those probably like in the episode uh, roundup at the end of the end of the show but uh yeah diamond red disappearance and the cross i are or i kind of hold those two together at the same time because i i never i didn't know anybody who had the figure it was just strictly seen in that one time in a toys r us and um i, I just I, the figure itself the orange and the blue and the red is just such a beautiful it just pop uh, it, it, it pops. It pops. It's it's. It, yeah. it, I mean, his his orange and red with the the blue uh, emblem on his on his uh, armor, standing him next to Skeletor. Those colors just work so well together with the purple and the blue and the orange and the red, and he just he just um, uh, compliments Skeletor's presence. Like it's it's it almost feels like you shouldn't see Skeletor without Beastman standing behind him or next to him or running at whoever they're getting ready to attack because it's just it's it's kind of like um you know you you expect to see beast man at all times when skeletor is there i mean he really is that so well established as such a great 
henchman. I mean, it's, well, he's, he's one of his generals too. Yeah, and just such a uh, he's such a, a, a principal character. Even though he may not do a whole lot, he's su- he has such an iconic look and a, a position in the in the He Man mythology that it's he's just. I, I I need to shut up now. I'm gonna keep going. I'm, Joe, you need you need to give your take because I, I I'll just keep going and going and going. Just like the Energizer Bunny, I got you. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, that's the thing. When you talk about the colors, that's what did it for me. Meaning, he was the first figure I ever got when I was a kid. I remember seeing all of them at the store, but that color scheme, I never seen nothing like that. I mean, there was something about that orange and red, like you said, because you didn't see many. I mean, think of that. How many characters do we have with that color scheme? Not many. He he really stood out. And that was the first figure I got. Love that figure to death. I played with it so much. I took it to, we used to go um, on vacation to Houghton Lake, Michigan. And when we went on vacation there, there was this little wooded off swampy area that you could hide in. It was like a little cave, a cubby hole. And I used to play with my figures there. And I took Beastman and I took his whip and I tied it to like one of the branches. And I would have him like swinging back and forth. You know, you're imagining as a kid, it's like he's, you think he's swinging around the jungle. Well, I remember we left, went back home. I got home, unpacked everything, and everything was there except Beast Man's whip. It was the first thing I ever lost from my He-Man collection. And, of course, the next year we went back there. Sure enough, I went to that spot, but that whip was gone. So it took until I was an adult and eBay came around. I got another replacement whip, but that was my figure. That was a figure I loved playing with so much. But then you had him in the mini comics and Alcala comics, and, and you'd see him in the coloring books. And he always looked so vicious and mean, you know, even on the color of, you know, I mean, the cover of the mini comics. And, and my lunchbox, who, who doesn't remember the metal lunchboxes and that iconic scene with him like hovering over Skeletors or battling, you know, He Man? And you I'm looking see. Looking at it right now. Yeah, and Beast Man is just hulking. He looks so giant, mad, and angry. And, and I. I loved that image to death. It's like, you know, when you were saying, Tyler, about some of the cross-sell art and promotional art or whatever, something about those drawings of him just drove me bonkers. I love taking that lunchbox to school. So that's the Beast Man I really got into. And then here came Filmation, and finally, yes, we got to see him, you know, acting out and talking. And it was great, just like Brian was saying, first season, fantastic second season then everybody becomes too bumbling it's like oh god now you played these people down but i still did i mean i loved him in the filmation cartoon but of all the oh no he was still great i mean even in the second season you still got to love him for what he was oh sure sure a few few moments that that were you know there's a few highlights like shadow skeletor he's played as a a competent villain but uh not not too many but that first season man he's he he had several moments where you know you know obviously he he man's going to rip him a new one but he's He's, you know, yeah, just that, 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 yeah, the snarl or, or one of the, one of the most classic trademarks of some of the villains of the eighties or, or some of the henchmen like Starscream or Glove from Bionic six, the villains that are always looking to stab their boss in the back and right, Beastman was, right, right. was clearly portrayed like that in the first several episodes. Like, yeah, cause he someday. wasn't an idiot. You're right. They didn't make it like, I mean, he wasn't a bumbler and not only was he vicious or he could be scary. He's a beast, you know, a beast man, but he also, I mean, he was intelligent. I mean, being beyond all the controlling of animals, which we know he can do, which we'll get into something here in a bit. But like, I think a beastly sideshow, you see how he was scheming and the whole thing and how he conjured up to do what he did wearing that mask and with pretty kitty and to try to get cringer. I mean, he's not a moron. You know, so you can see he's actually doing stuff too. 
Oh, and that's just one of the, the prime examples where he can be put in charge of something and and clearly can you know get the job done, whether he's using force or controlling animals or literally put in into a position of trying to trick everybody through disguise. And that, that's just, that's just a, one of the many examples of, like, this is Beastman doing what he does and why he's constantly in Skeletor's service and why Skeletor rel- relies on this guy so much. Because clearly... Right. You know, we have to blame the writers for dumbing down a lot, all the villains in season yeah. two. But yeah, season yeah. one, you know, we get a lot of good moments. You know, and that that Colossal Awakes, Diamond Ray. That was a great Pr- episode. Prince Adam No More, of course, is his 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 um, swan song of of you know probably his finest performance, which is you know everybody knows that it speaks for itself. But um, that and um, I'm trying to think. Oh, ordeal of many faces. Or mystery manifest, mi- mystery manifest. Excuse me, I'm getting the mini comic uh, title confused with the episode, <laughs> where it's uh you know Manny Faces actually tears up because once uh, they get done using Manny Faces to break into Grayskull, Beastman gets to keep him for a slave, and Beastman just relishes the idea of having his own slave. And is a kid watching that moment where Manny Faces tears up because he's he's scared of what what they're gonna do to him. I thought this is like. Beastman and Skelter being like real douchebags, man. I mean, it was, it was you felt bad yeah, because no, that did hope. That was real. That was like a real, like, like a real bit there. Like that was that that, that like you said, it hit hope, man. That 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 was like real deal stuff right there. Yeah, and Beastman's down there running the show, you know, breaking into Grayskull, using the whip, commanding many faces, and then attacks He Man right off. So. It's it's just uh gosh man he was gosh he, when he when he was written well you you didn't need any other henchman alongside Skeletor to to have fun with the episode if if he was written competently you just need a beast man and unfortunately you know you know that that didn't end too well in season two for the most part but um uh, he's uh I'm that season a beast man question for you Tyler all right they say that. And this will lead right into MYP then. Right after I ask this I question. Can't wait for that. Yeah, it'll go right into MYP, but it's leading into it. And this is the question. Can Beastman control dragons? Because some people say, no, he can't. But what do you have to say, Tyler? Can Beastman control dragons? I, 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 I'm going to chime in on this as well. Okay. Right. Wants, uh, I mean, go ahead, Tyler, I'm, and then I'm, Brian. Go, I'm, ahead. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead and let Brian tackle this one okay. first, and then I'll, I'll, right. I'll jump him. Go ahead. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. I think he can. I think he can control him if he actually, actually, like concentrates well enough, and actually, because you know he 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 has he has the power to control animals, but that just comes to him. Now a dragon is a different type of animal, and they're smarter than probably any other animal on Eternia or any other world or whatever you want to say. So I think if he actually meditates or if he channels his, his intelligence and sits there, he may be able to uh, be able to control a dragon. That's, that, 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 that's what I think. Okay, because I'll, I'll lead it into Tyler, because like I said, there's many fans who say there has been absolute proof, and it was stated that Beastman can't control dragons, which now I'm passing it to Tyler. Go ahead. That has been the consensus for probably the majority of, yes. of, of yeah, since the that well. fan community has been established on the internet and in various places. The consensus is, yes, Beastman cannot control dragons. Well, a few years ago, 
as watching the episodes as much as I have, I noticed something that. So wait a second, wait a second. Beastman can't control the mother dragon, but later, but once they throw on the growth serum on the dragon eggs, and the and the dragons grow, they get wild, and they go to Snake Mountain because they all assume. I mean, they all say they say Skeletor controls Beastman. Well, Beastman has the power to control animals, and Skeletor controls Beastman. They all assume right there on the spot. That Beastman is the one controlling the dragons that are running wild on Eternium. So they say, you know, uh, Beastman controls the dragons, then will control Beastman. So the episode is continuously contradicting itself as to whether or not Beastman can actually control the dragons or not. Because we see first off in the first scene, he can't control the mother dragon, but she's obviously stopped by Skeletor. So it kind of makes it sound like, you know... Uh, an adult dragon is probably harder to control than a baby dragon that just grew in size. Its brain, I mean, given we're dealing with an episode that contradicts itself, but people pulled away from this that he can't control that dragon from the opening scene. It's carried over into 2000X. It's written by the same guy, Michael Reeves, who wrote Dragon Invasion. He also wrote Dragon's Brood. So he kind of carried over that uh, that idea now if it's written in the bible i don't have the he-man series bible memorized i don't i'm not going to pretend to if it's mentioned in there i don't hold on to that as any truth because otherwise we have biff beast man and te scope and all other nonsense so <laughs> clearly beast man is controlling a dragon towards the finale at snake mountain when tila and he-man go after him he's riding a dragon it's it's doing as as he says so yes, to it to a certain extent, he can control dragons, but yeah, dragon, yeah, dra- yeah. yeah. So it's, I I feel like you know it's you really can't say that he can't, but you can almost say that you no, know, he can't. It's, you know, and there's nothing magical about the dragons in He Man. They they don't they don't cast spells unless it's you know Shadow Wing, you know, or Granomir. I can understand that. Not all the dragons are you know or or talking well, and, and, well, well well that's what i was saying before like because they are smarter there are smarter species and the smarter yeah. they are they're probably harder to control so he can probably can control the non-smarter ones well like yeah and, like baby and, dragons the ones that are just right, bursting out of the right. egg and growing instantly yes that, like, right. that makes more sense to control that so yeah i think for people to continue on with this it just leaves over for a good debate but you know, that's when you look at 2000X and you see that Dragon's Bird establishes right off the bat that Beastman cannot control the dragons. But, you know, I, I still feel like, you know, it's the same writer. And um, there, there's some confusion in that episode, too, especially with Jitsu being called Chopper and, and not even name-checked and all that kind of stuff. So th- there's some there's some uh, a lot of debating uh, topics in, so in that. So basically we could say that in a way, yes, he can, and to a degree, no, but not yeah. – flat out no he cannot no, yeah for, for people to continue on with the idea that basement cannot control dragons then they haven't watched dragon invasion you know all right, right. well i have yeah, something right, right. that i wanted to bring up about that and fans out there if you've heard this crazy story too please please tell me you have because i know i'm not alone i have heard people say the reason he can't control ba- Battle Cat or Cringer, because remember when he was trying to control Cringer? Oh, there's something special about this animal. Well, we know it's just because, yes, he's got the power of Grayskull, so that's probably why Beastman can't control Cringer or whatever. Well, the reason people out there have been saying he can't, they said, did you know that Cringer, Battle Cat, is half dragon? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I remember I had so many people this. I was like, wait, what? And they are like, yeah, he's half dragon. I was like, 
what are you talking about? How's he half dragon? They said, well, I know I read it somewhere. They said he's half dragon, and that's why Beast Man can't control him. I was like, really? I, I was like, I ain't never seen that. I said, no. Why? Because Cringer's green. That's the. That's the. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, he's got scales. I've never heard it. I was like, huh? They said, they said yeah, I'm telling you. He's a freaking tiger, goddammit. Yeah, they said it was written somewhere. So fans no, out there, if no, you've seen no, this no, written no. somewhere, please tell me if you've seen it because I sure the heck haven't. And yes, I know please, it's not po- Please post that. I, we, we'd love to see, uh, you know, solid evidence of something like that because uh, <laughs> me, I've never heard anything of that. I've never heard that before. So we're saying this, is all- a, a dragon knocked up a mother tiger. <laughs> yeah, you never know what, what what an image that presents here. You know, we don't need to do a whole lot of like you know. I, I don't know. It's Listen, we're talking about Eternia here. Anything can happen. I guess anything could. Yeah, it could happen. It's a magic. Well, I guess you know if dragons are knocking up tigers, I guess that's why everybody's related to each other. And if you're blue skin, exactly. You're all same and this. See, see, Tyler, you just brought everything together. You brought everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to tear it apart because I do not buy into that that hogwash. <laughs> oh That's that why I fu- oh, see. I almost slipped. That's why I love you. <laughs> yeah, that just had me cracking up when I when I first heard it, and I've heard it at least five times in different oh, great. heat and <sighs> fandoms, and it just baffles me every time. So I had to bring that up before we yes started right. talking a little more about now. Now then, now let's go into my favorite part, please. <laughs> okay, and you're going to lead off. MYP Beastman, go ahead, Ozone. All right, MYP Beastman kicked ass. I think he was a powerhouse. I think they did him right. I think they did everything about the character correct. They made him a vicious, just like a destroyer. I mean, they could have done him a little bit better. Yes, they could have made him a little bit more... Um, Competent, maybe, I, instead of talking like an oaf, do you think? Because that's what a yeah. Me. That yeah, that was annoying, and maybe a little, you know, like on his own, you know, like being on his own and having his own uh, 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 way of think of thinking and doing things. But I mean, the guy was a powerhouse, bro. I mean, the guy could take down the the the, the masters or you know the the the, the heroic warriors, however Tyler wants to put it. You know, I don't want to offend him, but you know. Well, Tyler likes the um, masters. Remember, they're the masters of the universe. Tyler loves that. But go ahead. Yeah. If we're referring to this 2000X canon where, you know, uh, they refer to themselves as the masters, which you just roll your eyes at and right. well, they induce vomiting at the same time. <laughs> they did the right, right, right. So, but no, he, I, I mean, I mean, they got they, they did everything right. I mean, he controlled animals. He was he. I I, I just wish they would have had a, a one-off cartoon of just him. Versus maybe He-Man or you know Man-at-Arms or one of the other heroic warriors or Masters, however Tyler wants me to say it. But um, I think that's what I missed. That's the only thing I missed. But I, 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 absolute powerhouse, man. I mean, I think they did him great. He was huge, powerful, gigantic. He was a big uh, boy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did him right. I mean, they made him the size he should have been. Um. You know, like filmation, it was different. You know, they made everybody the same size. You know, for the, for you know the the remake or whatever that whatever the, however uh, that that word is that they did to uh, reuse the animation. But you know, um, 
MYP and, and, and the comic book, the, the MVC comic, I mean, he was he, he, he was good, man. They did him good. They did him really good. I, I, I enjoyed him. I loved it. Okay. I loved him a lot. All right. All right. T-Rex, go ahead. Your thoughts on MYP Beast, man. You might want to go next. Okay, because I know you you might butcher it. Tyler's not too much of a fan. Well, here's the thing that, like I said, I did love his look. I mean, his look, he, he was a vicious-looking sucker. I mean, he, he was a big boy. I like that. He was a big boy. I, he was I, a big boy, man. I mean, he was. And I like that size difference. I mean, I think that's what I liked with MYP anyways. It just seemed like they were all kind of like different sizes, which that's how it should have been. Just like his figure. I, lo- I liked his um, his 2000X figure. I really liked the look of that figure, too. But, um, no, as for him in the cartoon, I just wish he wasn't a little too Ophi talking. I, I didn't like that. That kind of drove me nuts, which almost brings me back to what I said at the beginning of how I liked the movie version of Beast Man. I could just right. picture that if they did this in MYP, you know, instead of giving him the Oaf talk and let him control animals because he could just use it, you know, like basically looks, telepathy, you know, he's doing, I would have loved him to be a mute. Because it seemed like they dumbed down every single one of the big boys, like Clawful talked so stupid and, and Whiplash. I was like, oh, I couldn't yeah. stand how oh, they yeah. all talked. And so Beast Man, I wish he would have been somebody that would have been a mute. I think that would have fit that character so well at NYP to fit I his look. It, it might have worked better. You're, you, you know, you might be able to sell there, Joe. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it, might, it definitely probably would have worked better um, because yeah. of what, like what you're saying with the other guys, Clawful and... Uh, who was the other big guy in it? Whiplash. It was, yeah, they were just Whiplash. going over the top. It's like, okay, don't make every giant into an oaf. It's like, whoa, when well, you become yeah. big, you become, oh, I talk like that now. It's like, come on, that's yeah. not fair. I mean, you don't make people into oafs just because they're big. I mean, it just it takes away from the character you're trying to create and be yeah. imposed. Yeah. But There's like nothing menacing about a big Neanderthal who's got the brain of a, you know, the size of a peanut. Yeah, you I don't know. like that. Don't give him a peanut brain. I mean, if he's going to be that beast, I mean, this is beast man. He's a beast. Let, let him be a beast. Let him be vicious. And like I said, I think him not, if he wouldn't have talked and he could have still used his uh, mental ability to create, uh, you know, control creatures, that would have made him more awesome. So, I mean, I loved his look, but I just think they failed with how they portrayed him with the way he would talk and stuff it just it annoyed me so that's my thought on myp beast man i mean he could have been i think oh so much better if they could have did a couple different things but go ahead t-rex um first off the the initial design the horseman did the the two-up statue of like the traditional orange and red was absolutely stunning i love the big the, the enlarging of the character making him a lot more bigger or he's he's, he's i mean more like medicine very menacing where he's got a real thin waist but humongous shoulders hunched over with yeah. the whip. Um, definitely his look for the cartoon and the figure itself was fantastic. The fig- the figure is, is beautiful. Um, yeah. The I thought the updated look of Beastman was great. And the first bit of dialogue he has in the in the, the pilot episode where he's, you know, telling Evil Lynn it's not vermin, it's an ecto wheel. It's a very deep grisly voice and unfortunately that's about the last time you ever hear Beastman talk like that which mm. I thought this is really good for Beastman I mean someone who just was sounded like he could just grab a holding him tear your neck apart you know or something like that but his voice definitely changed and it definitely sounded like the same guy who did Rayman's voice who just sounded like he's either losing breath or, or trying to or trying to pass a big turd or something like that it just sounded yeah. like the guy's losing breath and 
it just didn't sound that menacing. And unfortunately, Beastman didn't get have a whole lot of. They did the whole dragon invasion thing with Dragonsbury, where he's can't control the dragons, and of course, and then the um, the uh, monster within episode where Tube is introduced. He controls, you know, Manny faces monster form, which is right out of you know the Filmation series too. But right. for the most part, he didn't Cracks, didn't really do cracking anything. Cracking that whip, baby. Do what now? I said he's cracking that whip, baby. He crack, cracks the whip. He yeah. uses the whip quite a few times, but uh, he just seems pretty much just somebody who just summons the, or gets the Griffins together for everyone to fly <laughs> away on and uh, just um, and be the person I, that sits there and gets picked on in a way. Like, of course, you know, I know they were trying some humor, like uh, Evelyn was talking about, you know, his, how he stinks, you know, and then wiping off the cordite crystal on his fur. Just it's like. You know, if I felt like he was getting dis- disrespected a lot too, which kind of again makes the character less intimidating. I don't well, know. I, I don't mind like the like the evil warriors kind of cutting each other down because I feel like you know being bad guys. I don't think they'd be, you know, oh, beastman. Oh, jolly good day to you, sir. You look wonderful today. You know, I, I just no, can't, but it's like he was always the butt of the joke. It seemed like you it, know, it, what I mean, at least yeah. In the first episode, he's clearly you know, merman wipes off you know the slime on it. Evelyn, you know, cuts him down. Um, and then, of course, Skeletor's you know blasting with the havoc staff when they walk into the throne room for for mocking his uh, his plan. It's like he became uh, the Mantena of um, you know Eternia or something. I mean, Mantena always got picked on by Hordak. Now Beastman's always getting picked on by everybody. Well, I mean, every, everybody at least at one point did get you know smacked around by Skeletor at least at some point. And you know, I know Triclops definitely got his. Uh, uh, comeuppance for for going out on his own and failing with the small little bone creatures and uh whiplash and um i think i blasted one or got i'm getting confused here i don't know for the most part i like i you just kind of it kind of goes with what you kind of expect but overall the entire series beastman never really had something that you can go back and say that was a great beastman episode you know kind of like with prince adam no more like that's like his his episode or appearances where you felt like he really stood out because what was great about NYP is that the, you got to see a lot of, of the villains and heroes in the same episode. Like you could see Whiplash, Too Bad, and Merman in the same episode of Cyclone. Well, 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 yeah, that, would, that was that was a good part. They they they, they did yeah. incorporate a lot of the a lot, guys but it also took guys. away from the fact that you know you know Triclops got his own episode, Trapjaw got his own episode. You know, Evelyn was the focal point for a lot of the episodes. Um, she had a flashback. Yeah, yeah, the flashback with Price of Deceit and Too Bad had his own right. episode, so did Stinkor. But, you know, Beastman, <laughs> you know, at least Whiplash, like an underworld and Monster Within, had a more prominent role. I think for the most part, Beastman kind of came up short with that. You know, he had a few I mean, moments, I mean, but nothing, nothing that I really considered. I said that before. I wish he would have had his own, his, his own standoff, you know, one-off uh, com- uh, com- uh, cartoon. It would have been mm-hmm. great. It definitely, definitely would have benefited awesome. from it, you know. He just um, just kind of came off as, as kind of forgettable. Like he's there, he's part of the group. He he's there with Skeletor, but um, just uh, does not. Uh, I mean, looking back, I just don't see a whole lot of memorable things he did for the series. It's not not his fault. It's nothing wrong with the character. It's just unfortunately the writers did just didn't use him to the best of his abilities. I don't think. Right. So with all that being said, if if we ever got a movie or a cartoon, a new one, 
I mean, what are you hoping? I mean, what would you want from Beast Man? I mean, do you want him to be able to control all sorts of animal, you know, animals and dragons and everything, and also be somebody who's vicious, not somebody gets kicked around? Do you want him to talk, not talk? I mean, myself, I just want him to be vicious. I don't want him talking. <laughs> I love what they did in the, the eighty-seven movie. I mean, I really loved it, but yes, there's a couple other things I wish more could have been done. So, obviously, nowadays you can do so much more in movies. Well, and, another thing too, we 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 forgot to mention too is that a lot of his appearances like in the golden books you know where he's you know like in the caverns of fear or sort of skeletal where he's taking he-man on one-on-one you know or yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of those we don't need to go on all and we don't have time for it but but a lot of those i mean yeah i mean there's some good uh good appearances like thief of castle grayskull like beastman's leading a charge of this assortment of orange colored monsters and warriors and stuff like that i mean it just um yeah, he got the he, shine in comics and books more than anything, it seemed like. He he really did. I mean, you got the Vengeance of Skeletor mini comic where Merman and Beastman team up and uh, you know, put He Man out of action temporarily. So it's he definitely uh, had a lot going for him in other forms of media too, not just with filmation or the live action movie, or if you're really passionate about two thousand X. He definitely um has been given a lot of fair treatment, I think, over the years. Definitely one of the characters I think that everyone can agree on is is a well-respected character whether he's you know bumbling or not i think everybody seems to enjoy beastman that he they always consider him as you know you can't have skeletor without beastman at his side or something like that you know so this was good i mean it's great that's at least in the 87 movie that's like you know the one character that you know did show up i mean besides evelyn but out of all the the male figures or characters they at least they had to put Beastman. That was cool to see because it's like Beastman and Skeletor go hand in hand. You got to have them together. But right. like I said, for just, a, just, a new movie, would you want them be a mute and savage and growl like an '87 movie, or would you want them to talk if they ever make well, a new movie? Well, I got to say something. You definitely changed my mind on things. I do appreciate what you said about him being a mute in the movie, but I do want him to be uh, as big and cunning and menacing as MYP. Okay. So I'll take the MYP mute version, and that's my beast. Okay, okay, Tyler. Um, I I would be fine with him talking as long as he doesn't say a whole lot, and what he says is like more or less talking about how he wants to kill you. You know, like I like I'd like to see him I wanna like kill you know you, Tyler. Not not literally saying no, I want to kill, kill you, me, Brian. But I uh, kill you. Yeah, just like that. Exactly like that. Kill you. Or, or, and, <laughs> yeah, like like he's from New York. We we need we need beastmen from the Bronx. Hey, listen, we're gonna fuck. See, I stop myself again. I, I, I can't. I, don't get me going. Don't say. Don't, don't talk like that. I get in trouble that way. You're gonna bring out but, tendencies uh, in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I've I've been really good lately. I, I stopped myself three times this podcast. If you haven't noticed. Oh, oh, believe me, yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i'm fine with i, I think Beastman would have a ha, could have a good voice as long as it's 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 playing up the idea that this is a beast man a guy who's who just does what he's told he's you know he's not like a a, a strategist uh or anything like that but he clearly is someone who wants to if he's told to attack you he wants to dig his nails into your skin you know and make you bleed or you feed you to one of his animals talking. or something 
more i mean the talking would you want it to be where he can still talk just in you know articulate words like everybody else or more like you know beast man kill or something like that uh, no i don't i don't want him talking like bizarro or something like that no just you know it speaks like he does in, in in diamond red disappearance where he's you know if he's not talking he's just kind of you know growling you know yeah something like that, you know? yeah he, yeah you done clearing your throat yeah. there yeah, 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 yeah. I was actually speaking Hebrew. I, I, I've been trying to take it up lately. Sorry. Okay, uh, all right. So I noticed the dialect. Him, would you want him like uh, Sabretooth from the X-Men movies? Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. Like, I like the way Tyler Mayne played him, where he says very little, but he focuses more on tearing you apart. Another, uh, yes. another little addition from uh, Producer Dirt. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was I, thinking. Yeah, I was thinking almost that too when he was talking about. It, I was like, "That's the only person you could almost compare to that was kind of, uh, you know, cool." Yeah, and to have yeah, somebody yeah, the eyes no, of Tyler Maine playing Beastman. Yeah, and saying things just like "scream for me," you know, I could see Beastman saying something like that to Tila when he's grabbing a hold of her and getting ready to tear her apart, or uh, says something. You know, I want to see what your insides look like, He Man, or something like that. You know, just. Things that uh, are well, simple but show like show menace. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, I I can see that. I I can see very few words, if anything. I'm I'm more into I don't know. I just got I got to go with the mutes. I I don't know why I well, like mute that. is fine too. I'd I'd rather it yeah, be no, nothing the, or, the, or the mute works. I mean, it definitely does. I mean, it it, 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 it how can I how can I say it? Being mute. And it just it, it pronounces the character more. I mean, because you, now you're not looking at his voice. Now you're looking at his presence. You know what I mean? Like you, there's there's other things to 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 uh, to look at and 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 acknowledge other than his voice. So right. something like that would work fine. Okay. All right. Well, that was a that was our big discussion on Beastman. So. How about you take us to a break, Brian, and when we come back, we'll get into our book that we'll discuss that we told fans we were going to talk about last week. We said we we're going to talk about this week. Sounds great. All right, guys, we're going to a break, and here's an, uh, another commercial from PopCultureNetwork.com. You're listening to a podcast from PopCultureNetwork.com. All right, man, we're back. And uh, here we're going to talk about the book that we said we were going to talk about. And Tyler, what book is that? The Trap. What? The Trap. The Trap? Huh? That's just a bad joke, Joe. No, I know. That's why I was letting people know. That's, the That's bad why trap. I said the it's Trap. Like Joe just bought a hook, line, and sinker, man. I could have reeled that in and throw him in the boat. I was like, oh, God, bad joke and bad book. Oh, oh. It's like no, 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 no. We're not punishing the audience with that book this week. No, we're going with the um, the first uh, hardcover Golden Books uh, storybook called "I Have the Power." All right. Why don't you break it down a little bit for us, parts, pieces, and then we'll just yak about it. Uh, basic premise is um, that Skeletor has created Spider after Beastman has captured a large spider and turns him into Spider to attack the palace, and in doing so. Uh, uh, he captures the power sword during the attack of the palace, and uh, Prince obviously worries about, you know, how am I going to be able to stop Skeletor from, you know, causing more destruction? He's took the power sword. He's going to use it for himself. Huh? Sorry, I'm talking to my daughter. She was knocking on my door. 
Oh, I oh, thought okay. someone's correcting me, telling me like, no, no, that's not how it went. <laughs> I got confused no. too. Uh, Go ahead. Oh no, 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 my, my daughter's is sorry. She was trying to get in my room. Quite all right. Um, but uh, and obviously we we get a couple flashbacks about you know him and getting the or Adam getting the power sword and seeing references to the elders and that he has the power regardless if he has the power sword or not and. Him and Cringer go go to uh, Snake Mountain to get the Power Sword back, and in doing so, uh, we see the creation of Cyclone, who was a, a a POW of the attack on the palace. A circus performer called the Human Tornado was taken captive and is turned into Cyclone. Uh, Adam w- regains the Power Sword, stops Skeletor, finds a new uh, heroic warrior in uh, Cyclone, and uh, humiliates that. you know humiliates Merman and Beastman and Skells are all in one big battle. So, pretty much that's the story in a nutshell. That, I, lo- I, I loved I, I loved that idea of the uh, the tornado figure turning into you know I, that, that whole that it was just amazing. I wish the we could have books- seen more of them though, don't you? Like as the yeah. human tornado, like exact you know because I mean. We, we didn't get to see what he was doing. He was a circus performer. He's called the Human Tornado. But as you've seen later when he got the power from the Meccano Ray that Skeletor used to turn that spider into Spydor, well, when he turned the Human Tornado into Cyclone and thought that Cyclone was going to obey his orders, Cyclone didn't obey his orders because he has his own mind. And he wasn't just easily manipulated like a spider. But he said, thanks. I've always wanted to fly. So obviously then he couldn't fly as the Human Tornado, you would assume, if he's saying that. Right. Probably right, like an acrobat right. who could do a lot of spins and flips and things like that. Just like really fast, like a tornado, you know. Yeah, would spin. Like Robin. Yeah, something like yeah. that. That's that's just what kind of comes to mind. The human tornado kind of sounds like an acrobat of some kind. No, that's that does make sense. I mean, obviously, if he is a circus performer, then that would make the most sense. Well, but, maybe he's a juggler. I don't know. <laughs> he's a juggler. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> like he's juggling so he's fast, it looks like a tornado is building up around him. He does a hula hoop. He just spins it around. That's what it is. He's a hula hoop artist. He's a hula hoop artist. Like, he lives in Iowa. Look at those hips, man. That guy's like a human tornado. It's like, oh Jesus. Yeah. He's doing no, a hula hoop to like the hooky laugh from South Park. I never. I don't know that. I never seen the cartoon. <laughs> I know you don't, but Brian and Dirt probably know what I'm talking about. You're doing the hooky laugh. See, look, it's, you always love throwing in those references. I don't know, but um, okay. Well, th- that was the other cool thing. I like seeing how. Spider was created. Oh, what's that? <laughs> he said. Sorry, I, I just had to say that. It's another what? South Park reference. I didn't even know what you said. Shitty walk. We can walk. Oh yeah, walk. She walk. She walk. Oh my God! My is coming. She walk. I'm so. Oh God! They, they're going. They're breaking into South Park, and I have no yeah, clue. We gotta build the wall. We gotta build the wall. The Mongolians are coming. Oh my god! <laughs> They're just like a couple of, like cut up paper guys on a horse, rah 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 rah, just kicking it and knocking and run off. Yeah, like, right? so like, cheap and you hear them see that too. They're like rah 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 rah. <laughs> I am so lost. They got like spears and like thing. <laughs> they just kind of like make a one motion, rah 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 rah. <laughs> well, hope everybody else right, knows what you guys are talking. That's hey, it's okay. I, I'm just listening because I'm clueless. But um, no, so like I said, you get to uh, see. A, Beastman obviously used his brain, if you will, to uh to control this giant spider to bring it to Skeletor, and he uses the mechano mechano ray to turn this thing into Spidor. So it's cool seeing that even Spidor kind of had a little bit of an origin in this book. That was the one thing that I thought was you know kind of cool. But when you were talking about 
no, when you were talking about when they were fighting and He-Man's sword gets knocked away from him during the battle with Spider and Skeletor, well, He-Man and Battle Cat get knocked down into a hole. And He-Man loses a sword. Skeletor gets it. But when he touches, like, ah, I can't control this thing. I'm going to teleport it back to Snake Mountain because he can't hold it. He's not meant to hold that sword. So he's going to try to figure out its secrets. And he's sapping all the power away to make Spidor even more, you know, even more powerful so he can take over Castle Grayskull. But what I did like was something that we've never really seen much. And it was when He-Man got knocked into the hole. He's using all his power to hold up those rocks from not crushing him and Battle Cat. And, you know, obviously he must move them away. And eventually he lays down in the cave and then he wakes up. He wakes up as Prince Adam and Battle Cat wakes up as Cringer. I thought that was cool because usually we always know it's by saying, let the power return. Power but return, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the very few times. Maybe there's been others because I know Tyler with his photographic or his memory, he probably remembers. But that's one of the few times... I've seen him turn into Prince Adam without saying, you know, obviously without insinuating too, because we didn't even know back then. We always wonder, how does he go back to being Prince Adam? And then we've seen the one episode problem with power or whatever when he does it. Yes. But, but it's cool seeing that. I guess maybe if he's not around the power sword long enough, maybe that's why he just loses it or because power is being or maybe sapped he said away. it went up. Maybe he said I think we lost in a different. No, they didn't show it. Okay, I, I didn't catch a word you said. Yeah, we didn't catch a word you said there. Oh, I said I, I said maybe they didn't show that. No. <laughs> what happened? Like, yeah, no. No, uh, my my <laughs> wife asked me a question. Sorry. Oh, I thought that was part of the conversation. <laughs> me too. I was like, yeah. No, 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 no. What I was saying was maybe they didn't, maybe, maybe, maybe no. they didn't show that sequence. You know what I mean? Maybe that just wasn't in it, or maybe you know, like Joe said, maybe it was before that time. Who knows? Yeah, I just thought it was interesting to see that you know maybe without his power sword or using too much strength, maybe he reverts back to being Prince Adam. So that's a first for me. I mean, Tyler, do you remember seeing that much or anywhere else where they really, I guess, alluded to something like that? Not really. I mean, it, it wasn't something that I. In fact, I, I never really dwelled on it too much. I just figured he did something with the power sword, and that was really about it. I it just wasn't. It just wasn't a big deal to me to figure out how he he turned back to He Man. So, and in fact, I. I this this was the last of the Golden Book hardcover books that I actually was able to get a hold of because I I had a few as a kid and then I went back and got the others as an adult so this was the last one I got my hands on and so it was by that point I was already aware of you know problem with power and things like that and um, so it just kind of seemed like you know common common knowledge like this is how He Man you know turns back into Prince Adam okay um, I just um it just one of the things that you know what. I just never really thought about it. Yeah, I guess it got me thinking. Because like I said, the it was something I, I've never seen. Yeah, so since you brought it, it up, you know, it's something to think about. Yeah, it is. It's, and that's what's cool about this book. I mean, it really did have a lot of other moments. Again, and it and it talked again about the, the Council of Elders and how they took all of their energy or whatever and formed the evil, menacing-looking Castle Grayskull, which they show that on a two-page spread with like these four kind of old bearded guys or four guys or whatever on the the castle so that was another thing that at least they showed for people who maybe didn't see that but no and then you like i said you get to see cyclone but when he was human tornado you get to see 
Skeletor trying to hold that sword and use the power of the sword. And then when they talked about the flashback, when the prince, I mean, um, when Prince Adam was talking with the sorceress and she says, like, you know, the power is in you. And she talked about how he got it for the first time. And even man at arms tried to hold the power sword and he couldn't because it wasn't meant for him. You know, it was right. meant for Prince Adam. Right. So yeah, you understand that, people? There wasn't like a bunch of multiple He-Mans and Ulars that came before this oh, prince out of here. Exactly. Oh, there was only the one He-Man. That's and right. he was the only protector the, of the power sword and the the wielder and holder of it. Not like I these other people that that idiot Scott made up. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the multiple He-Man. But, um, I'm not yeah, a fan so... of Scott either. Okay, well... Uh... So, so the power, like I said, you find out about the power, and then there's a part that's later, and Skeletor's really tapping. He's trying to tap as much power out of the sword as he can to put it in Spidor, so hopefully then he'll be able to hold the sword and, I guess, gain its secrets, even though I thought, well, you're going to suck all the power away, but I don't know. But anyways, there's a part where when Prince Adam sneaks in there with Cringer, they're, like, disguised as, um, I don't know, uh, uh, some kind of Mestral. circus act. Minstrels. Yeah, minstrels, and uh, I think Cringer is supposed to be a bear, and he's like, hey, yeah, the name's like a bear. bear. And and hey, and Prince Adam did have a cool weapon. It was a, it was his musical instrument that also he used as like a bow and arrow to use to uh, I don't know, do something or catch around like the bows. Yeah, he did something, but it, um, I know that they used the rope to go around Beast Man and Merman and drop a cage or a gate on them to Snake Mountain to hold them in place but adam gets in there and when he gets in there he has a cool thought he said sorceress when i tell you i want you to take the power from the power sword and take it back to grayskull because she still has that ability while skeletor is like trying to sap its power well right. she does that and when she does that skeletor thinks now i can hold the power sword but adam was telling her you return it when i tell you to so the second skeletor was holding the sword thinking hey he can do something with it that's when he's like, Sorceress, let the power return. So I think that's how he said it. Let the power return. Did he say that, Tyler? I'm trying to think if he said it because I was like, hey, there's the yeah, line. Yeah, because that's when the lab blows up and yeah, and all, so he all, does. all hell breaks loose. And uh, it's like mass hysteria. Dogs and cats are living together, all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> well, that, that's what was cool because when he said, let the power return, it obviously <laughs> Just Skeletor couldn't hold it, blast everything, and then the sword goes to Adam. He turns back into He-Man. Basically, then he saves the day. But what, what's cool about it is in that book, like I said, he, he turns back to Adam without saying, let the power return. And I thought it was kind of cool that they used that line in a way for it to go back you know, into the power sword. I just thought it was a weird – Yeah, no, that, it's, it, that definitely was cool. Yeah, it was a coincidence. So it was like used in a different way but still seeing the the same line if you will, but like I said, th then you got to see Cyclone turn into Cyclone. He doesn't obey Skeletor's commands. They, they take out Spidor. They, they go back to the palace. They have to like fix everything <laughs> up. But I just, like I said, I seen a lot of moments. Like I said, there was the moments with him turning back to Prince Adam. There's the moments you find and you see how Spidor's made. You see how Cyclone's made, the, you know, the power return thing. It's just, you got to see a lot of different things and you got to hear Brian, popping on the drums during the show. Yeah. You get to hear that all at the same time. Yep, just yep. checking it out. See if they're working. Yep, so. 
But Tyler, so did you get any other moments out of it besides those? Or was there anything you got out of it? Because like I said, it did have quite a few things that did happen in one book, one story. Yeah, I, I honestly, my, my first thoughts are because uh, on the back of the Golden Books, it has a summary of all, all the books in the collection. And I remember reading the synopsis for I Have the Power, and I thought, oh my gosh, this this, this sounds like this is probably going to be the one of the best ones of the entire series. Because it was like, find out how... Prince Adam became He-Man with the Power Sword, and what happened when Skeletor took it to Snake Mountain? I just thought in my head, "Oh boy, this is this is going to be like like the greatest story ever told." And uh, I initially, when I got the book, was kind of disappointed. I guess because I had it in my head what was going on. Like I, I just expected because with some of the other books, like Taylor's Secret, River of Ruin, The Horde, there's a lot of stuff going on in these books. Like there's a lot of characters you know being talked about and stuff, and my initial thoughts, I was like kind of disappointed with it, but it is a it's a it's a good book though. I mean, so did are, your I mean your thoughts change like again almost like how mine was for that yeah. movie as a kid yeah. to an adult. Maybe as a kid you weren't too fond. As an adult, grew on. Well, I mean, I, I didn't get the, I didn't actually get the book till I was I think in high school. I had to get it off eBay, and by that point, you know, I, I you know River Ruin and Tila's Secret I'd had since I was a kid, and I I those I held in such high regard, and I still hold them in high regard. I think. Honestly, of the entire series, I think those two were the best ones out of, out of all the hardcover Golden books. The story, the artwork, uh, were well, great. I love the Horde. The Horde is great. Uh, the Horde artwork's not very good, I, I think, overall. And it's the story's a good story, kind of though. Simplistic. It's okay. I think Tila's Secret has a better appearance of the Horde than that, um, where Evelyn goes and, and, and teams up with the Horde. But, um, but uh, as for I Have the Power, I mean, it's a good book. It's not one of my favorites. So it's, it's, I mean, all honestly, all of the hardcover Golden Book storybooks are all good. All oh, they're amazing. No, they're yeah, all well written. Yeah, there's, there's not one that I'd say, you know, no, that's if like... They were, if, if they were actually put into a Filmation Season 1 cartoon, it would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, some every, cool episodes, yeah. I agree. Every, every single one of them. The stories were all great. The the characters were all portrayed the way they're supposed to be. It gave us a few different takes on certain characters. Like, obviously, with this one, we see the creation of Spider and Cyclone. Um, so it, it definitely had um, uh, a lot of good things going for the entire series. And I have the power. It's it's the obviously the first one, I mean, listed on the back of the books. I kind of think of it as, like, the, the, the first chapter of the entire series. And, um... It's got good artwork, um, very unique looks of, of, of Merman and Beastman. Like a, they, they really take like the vintage figure look and add a lot more details to those that that style. If you, especially Merman, you know he definitely is the 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 vintage figure, and so is Beastman. He looks like the vintage figure just with a lot more colorful details added to him. So, it's um, I'm rambling too much here. It's I a good book. It's all right. It keeps yeah, going. It's cool. Yeah. That was pretty good because, I mean, the Horde, that, I don't know, I wasn't too fond of the art in that book, but, I mean, still cool The story. art wasn't good, but the story to me was good. I liked the story a lot. I enjoyed the story. I, I, I'm a Horde fan. I love the Horde. That's why. I love I the guess. Horde, too. I just felt like, you know, the, the art was done very sloppy in that one. And, and you oh, look at Hordak does. and Grizzler and Tila's Secret, I mean, Grizzler, they look like Grizzler, a couple of badasses. Yeah, I mean, Grizzler looked like a, like a, like a slop of a ketchup on the floor. I mean, he looked ter- horrible, without a doubt. Wasn't I'm not going to lie the, to you. Uh, wasn't that the concept art or some other kind of art that was yeah. used? It was Le- Leech yeah. and Mantana clearly are drawn from the concept artwork that Mattel was working on. Yeah. I mean, they, they they are they are like drawn right. At, in fact, I even think they they just drew exactly what was on the con- like the same sure pose and everything. It almost looked really really. Cl- I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it was pretty much spot. On. 
Yep. Yeah. See, your dog Brian's agreeing too. But um, yeah, he's so, going. He's going. For, my wife's taking him for a walk, so he goes nuts. All right, so that's basically that was the wrap up of I have the power. Like I said, yeah. you know, still leave so, some look, moments. I didn't say everything to guys. Again, listen, in. listeners. Yes, please, guys, uh, uh, go out there and go get those golden books. Again, they're on Amazon for a penny. Go get them. I'm telling you, uh, uh, the Ladybird books, the, um, the 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 Golda books, they're on there for a penny. And if you have Amazon Prime, you get the next day delivery. Oh, yeah. I uh, took Brian's advice and went looking for the Sunbird Legacy just because that's what we talked about. And people wanted $16 or more for them, not including shipping. I'm like, Brian, you have set me up to fail here. <laughs> Immediately. I am trying to help our listeners any way I can. I, I, I want their full respect. Well, it turns out the dealers they're dealing with are Brian. He's asking for ridiculous prices. He's like, well, I don't sell I, this book right listen, now. I'm, I'm going to club this uh, baby. I'm from New York City. I'm from New York City. I need my cut too, bro. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, the lifestyle in New York. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's an expensive lifestyle. It is. Trust me, it is. I'm not yet said the New York nightclubs and so forth. Uh, I, trust me, I've had my days where I, uh, I, I was out for three days straight at, at one point. Didn't come home. No, never came home. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want, how about you wrap us up, Brian? All right. Who's going to uh, go first, Daddy guys? Well, T-Rex always has that honor. That's that's true. Tyra, uh, t- sorry. Do you come here you call me Terrence? Do yeah, I Terrence, at go Terrence? Ahead, Terrence. No, 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 no. I was going to say Ty- Tyra. Some, Ty- Tyra? Tyra Banks. Go ahead, Tyra Banks. I will say Tyra was one of my, one of my no, biggest no, crushes no, no, as a no. teenager. I was watching Thundercats, god damn it, yesterday. Tyra. Ty- Tyra. Hi- what? I was watching Thundercats. <laughs> There's not a character named Tyra. You mean Tigra, right? Tigra, I'm sorry, I'm 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 confused. I, I love Tyra Banks. Greece, man. We're going listen, from Tyra Banks to. Listen, listen, I used to have posters of her on the wall. I did too, man. Listen, yeah, oh, good I, gracious. I, you 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 guys know this, the guy, but the listeners don't. I I just lost a friend, and my mind's not all there right now. I'm sorry, so uh, I apologize. So no, uh, no, Tyler, no, 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 we we always enjoy goofs on the show from all three of us. Exactly. Yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, you know, to commemorate uh, the uh, uh, appreciation for Beastman on this episode, I'm going to suggest, um, obviously, Prince Adam No More. I don't need to say anything more about it. If you haven't heard of the episode, then I question your fandom. If you're new new to the community, then I suggest you check it out immediately, along with, uh, I'm going to say, Dragon Invasion, so you can see for yourself whether or not he, Beastman can control dragons. So you're giving them a double header, huh? Double header of Beastman, and then my Thundercats promotion here. Uh, I'm going to go along with um, uh, the Ghost Warrior uh, from season one, just to kind of uh, say. When I say season one, I'm thinking because Larry Hubbard hasn't gotten any further than the first volume of, of Thundercats. So, Larry, this, this can help you out, Larry, if you haven't already watched it already. Larry, Larry, Larry. Larry's a punk. What can we say about Larry? He's a punk. He's got to get at my level. 600-pound bench press. He's only like at 400 or something. But go go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. And Joe's a bladder full of hot air here. I'd give him about 250 if that. <laughs> but, uh, yes, Ghost Warrior from Season 1. It features Groon the, De- Groon the Destroyer and probably his best appearance. It's slightly confusing how he's used, but it was an episode that I, I, I cherished as a kid. It was my favorite episode to watch as a kid. Um, so that that is my recommendation for the for uh, this week's um, enjoyment. 
Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Tyler never watched this stuff as a kid. He just got them on DVD, and he's acting like an expert. He don't even know this stuff. Oh, yeah. In fact, I, I just walked down to my local Walmart and just bought stuff out of the bargain bin, watched a couple of episodes, <laughs> and now claim myself to be like, oh, you know, uh, I had Stratus as a kid, so, you know, I've been a diehard <laughs> He-Man fan for the last 30 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, you're, you're watching these episodes during the show, so, you know, you know. Yeah, in fact, I'm even qualified to direct the movie because, yeah, yeah you know, I, you know, I you think I had one of the mini comics as a kid, and I, I think someone gave me a web store for my birthday or something. Yeah, right. Clearly, you know, you know. No, I thought that was for Christmas. Come on, if, get it if right. If I hear any any uh, attempted director sit there and say they were a fan of He-Man because they had I a figure as a as a child, you know, oh, I'm gonna smash their head clean out of their butt. I'm gonna do a movie because I had Stratos figure and I like the mini comics, so I'm gonna write a movie. Okay, you're the yes. big expert. Can't wait. That yes. sounds fantastic. I can't wait to read to, to read the screen uh, screen write, whatever it's called screen write, rip write without whatever the fuck. Yeah, written it's by Tigra or Tyra, whoever might be writing it. The Tiger, yeah, it's Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um. Okay. So is that it? That's it for you, Tyler. You, you done? Babbling? I swear, if people start calling me Tyra instead of T Rex, there's gonna be hell to pay. I hope so. I'm gonna I'm gonna Photoshop her face on your body or your body. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, that'd be awkward. Tyra I, I Baker. Apologize. My head's not here today. You know that. I, you know I'm somewhere else right now, dude. Oh, uh, that's that's I, all right, man. Hey, you got something good out of that. I just yeah, cause I started thinking about Tyra again anyway. So that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, well, for me, um, real quick, like I say, go to the all-encompassing Masters Universe page. Uh, go to Masters and Mythos. Go to Collector. Go to Motu Nation. Go to Vintage Obscure page. Go to Children of Eternia and Descendants of Grayskull. And if you guys got an Ollie's outlet anywhere out there, talking about great cartoons, they have for ninety-nine cents. I think it's nine or ten episodes of the Dungeons and Dragons animated cartoon from back then, which I freaking loved. Well, Ollie's Outlet, they had that um, DVD for ninety-nine cents. There it was like normally I think nine or fourteen bucks or something. So, shoot, go pick it up and enjoy some good times from that cartoon because that was another awesome cartoon. So that's my it was. Uh, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it since the eighties, so I would love to re- get the uh, complete set and rewatch it. Actually. Yeah. Like I said, you can't beat it. Ninety nine cents getting like about ten episodes. That's pretty cool. It takes you back. So there you go. Yeah, it, that that and uh, Spider Man and his amazing friends are on the top of my list. I need. Oh dear oh, okay. God! I wish that would get a DVD Blu Ray release. That and the uh, the Spider Man series that came before the Amazing Friends. Oh man, tell me about it. Oh my gosh! All right, so- well, I I guess it's my turn. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, since uh, I had a marathon of the new Thundercats yesterday. I would uh, like to say, if you haven't seen it, you should see it, because it is amazing. And the cliffhanger is, it it just pissed me off to the fact that they didn't continue the series. I mean, I was like, I was in shock. It shell-shocked me. It was amazing what happened. Um, Throughout the whole series was great. Uh, It kind of stayed true to the original. From what I remember, I haven't seen the classics in a long time. What? Um, it's been a while. It has. I, 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 I've had, I've downloaded them, but I haven't watched them in a while. So you're telling me that all these recommendations I made for Thundercats and you love Thundercats. I remember them, though. I remember them. What do you remember besides Tigra? Hey, don't I, I you remember go Tyra. Hey, yeah, don't you yeah, pick Tyra on him. Yeah, Tyra from Thundera. 
Tyler, you haven't even <laughs> seen you haven't even seen Dungeons and Dragons, so don't you go picking on him about nothing now. So you Thank you, you got to see Dungeons and Dragons Thank first. You. That's right. But no, don't mess with the bullying, man. You'll get the horns there, Amato. That's right. Really, uh, definitely go pick it up. I got it on Blu-ray. Jeez, uh, I got it. On, I got it on eBay cheap, five bucks, I think. Uh, the whole complete set. Oh, here set. he goes with his prices again. No. Hey, listen, I'm just giving the guy, the listeners, you know, a way in, in a cheap way to get stuff. And, you, know, uh, so, you can find dirt cheap, and then the only way you can get it is like twenty nine ninety five with ten dollars shipping on Amazon. <laughs> Brian, get, he gets the awesome deals, though. He's the one that you know he probably does get this for. He's in New York. So he deals with vendors on the street and underground railroads and subways and dude, stuff. Like I, that. I, dude, I walk the streets of New York City in a, in a trench coat. I got all this stuff in my trench coat. I sell it on you the walk street. around like Raphael in the Ninja Turtles movie. You know, He's exactly. Just, and uh, I just want to say thanks to my friend of me, uh, Tom Ace, for once again ripping me off. I'm yes. not going to say on what, but uh, yeah, definitely, just call uh, him up. Call him up. We'll we'll figure that out, huh? By the way, did he call you a sellout, Joe, for liking Thundercats? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Tom ain't the biggest fan of Thundercats. He's an awesome guy. He likes giving me a hard time, but he's he's, he's a he cool guy. A hard time. Oh, then he, he probably wants wants my bones to just like crumble to dust then. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna have time on here in a couple weeks. We're gonna see if we can get him on. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll just go we'll off harass each other. It'll be a big brutal episode. Yeah. yeah, he was on once before. We'll have him on again. Um, yeah. So he, uh, we just made another. Uh, I just bought something off of him the other day, and um, just wanted to say, you know, just bring that up. And uh, I like to say, go to the All Encompassing page. Go to uh, my page, Masters of the Galaxy page. Uh, please tell your friends about it, join it, and uh, get involved, post. Um, please go to popculturenetwork.com, go to hemanworld.com, and rock on, man, and I'll see you next time. Have a powerful day. Wait a minute, Bug, Nat, is there a little similarity there? Ooh, I think there is. Yeah, Uncle Buck, I know that movie. Classic candy. There you go, there you go. See, I know a couple things. Can't go wrong with Jod. Jody no, Boy no, was no, bad. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. <laughs>